Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or visit amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free and catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Lauren Interviews podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Conlin. Okay, so I first want to say oh, the podcast I put out on Monday just with updates about Jeffrey Epstein and some of the high-powered men who are being deposed right now, plus an update on the Stephen Smith slash Murdoch case. I did that off the cuff, and I feel really bad for my listeners. I was not prepared and I freaking went back to listen to it and I must have said um like a thousand times and I'm just really embarrassed about it. So let's just pretend that I didn't put out such a sloppy episode. Okay, cool. Let's move on. So for today's episode, I have David West Reed. Now you may not have heard of him just by name, but I am sure that you have heard of his work. So he is actually the author of the Broadway show and Julia. Which I actually didn't know um, until I I was ready to interview him. I was like, wait a minute, because I was basically I wanted to promote this show that is on Apple TV right now that he is the producer, writer, and showrunner for, and it's called The Big Door Prize. So I was all ready to promote that, and then I realized that he wrote Anne Juliet, and I was like, oh my gosh, this guy is so multi-talented. So I also want to point out that he also won a bunch of Golden Globes and one Emmy for writing Schitt's Creek. So he is just a really awesome guy, super talented. I like talking to him. He was very cute, very sweet because he, you know, he mentioned that he's not really used to doing these types of interviews, but it's really important if you want to promote your work, you gotta, you know, you gotta work at it and you gotta talk to people like me. So as bad as that is, um, just kidding. But he was great. We talked about his upcoming project as well with Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey. And again, it's like you haven't heard of this guy, David Westreed, by name, but just look him up. I mean, he is involved in everything and he uh, he's going places. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. So I'll play my interview with David Westreed and you can enjoy this very positive, very happy episode. Again, I know I've been focusing a lot on a lot of crime and a lot of uh, just things that might not be so pleasant, but I do think it's important that I discuss everything on this podcast. So I appreciate you guys listening and dealing with like sort of the inconsistencies that I've been doing with this, the genres. So um, yeah, without further ado, here's my interview with David West Reed. Hi, David. Hi, Lauren. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. First of all, congratulations on everything. I am definitely very impressed and just amazed by everything you're doing. 
Thank you very much. I appreciate it. You're welcome. And I think a lot of this is because um, someone like you, who is the writer, the showrunner, you know, the producer, you guys are very much backstage. You don't do a lot of, um, you don't do as much front facing uh, promotions as as the actors and 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 everybody else. So this is why I, I love glorifying someone like you. <laughs> That's right. It's why it's, uh, it's deeply uncomfortable for me to be doing what I'm doing right now. I'm so sorry to hear that. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. No, I'm going to try to make this as easy as possible for you. Um, so the Big Door Prize, it just was, I think you guys released the first three episodes on Apple TV already, correct? Correct. And there's a fourth episode just dropped today. Oh, great. Awesome. Okay. So tell, I need a new show. Um, tell everybody about this show and why we should watch it. Yeah. It's, so it's called the Big Door Prize. It's based on a book called The Big Door Prize by Emma Walsh. And the premise is that there's this machine that appears in the general store of a small town that for the price of $2 promises to tell you your life's potential. So the residents of this town start using the machine and they get these little cards that tell them if everything went right with your brain and your body, this is what you'd be capable of achieving. And then people start making big changes in their life. As a result, they change jobs, relationships, they change their idea of themselves. And the show follows what happens as a result of that. Ooh, this is so interesting. So did you know the author or did you just um, stumble upon her work or her book and say, wow, this would make a really good TV show? I didn't know the author. Um, someone gave me the book by Emma Walsh, and I, I love his writing. I love the humor. I love the, the concept. Um, but it was also something I read at the beginning of the pandemic, and oh. it felt really timely, this, this idea of starting over and reevaluating your choices in life and thinking about what you've done and what maybe you could still do. Yeah. Um, so it, it just felt so right for a TV series. Uh, right now okay and I am like one of the biggest Woody Harrelson fans like ever please tell me about him I just I want to know everything <laughs> yeah so I've just started working with Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey on a series for Apple TV plus for the two of them to be playing themselves ah, uh, which cool. is something they haven't done together before and yeah. uh, it's based on the real life friendship between those two guys which is an intense and multi-decade friendship uh so it's that's also a comedy series uh we just started working on that and it's so much fun working with those two. Oh my gosh that sounds amazing i honestly i i didn't know they were good friends in real life i guess maybe i should have known that but that literally seems like a match made in heaven right like i feel like that must be like no work you just must like let it happen, right? You're like letting it all happen. <laughs> yeah, it's really just putting up a container around them and letting them do their thing yeah. uh, because they are obviously some of the most talented actors with the most incredible careers, but they are also fascinating people who have this real life friendship that we're exploring in the show. Yeah, I love that. What, um, just out of curiosity, what's your favorite Woody Harrelson movie? <laughs> Oh boy, that is tough. I know, not uh, to put you on the spot, not to put you in the spot. If you, if you can't think, it's okay. But I mean, I just, I love talking about him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, 
There's so many. It's like from Cheers to True Detective and oh. White Men Can't Jump and like yep. his, the range of People versus Larry Flint. Like the range of things that he's done is is pretty much unlike anyone except maybe Matthew McConaughey. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> incredible range you're you're so right i i would say mine is probably you didn't ask but i'm telling you um mine is probably seven psychopaths i just think he's so funny and scary in that one and i just love martin mcdonough as well so i just i'm i'm a fan but um i also i want to ask you because i didn't realize this i was about to take my seven-year-old to see it and i'm not sure if it's appropriate but i i want i live in new york city so i really want to take her to see Anne juliet i heard amazing things about it so um what do you think can i take her to see that i think you can i mean i i've taken my nephew six and uh I, cool. I think you know, kids seem to enjoy it. It's a show for, we want it to be a show for all generations. Yes. It's a musical based on the pop catalog of Max Martin, who did, you know, Backstreet Boys, Britney Spears, Ariana Grande, a million mm. songs by people you know. And the premise of Anne Juliet is what if at the end of Romeo and Juliet, Juliet didn't end her life, and instead she went looking for love again. Uh, so it's a really fun, it's almost like a Mamma Mia for a new generation. Yes. Oh my gosh. And I feel like, I mean, I feel like I'm a little bit older than you, but I do think that we sort of come from the same, um, we're cut from the same millennial cloth, I guess. Um, I, you know, I oh. thought like, yeah, I thought I was going to get this huge break. Like oh, I, I was doing this podcast with um, Jeff Timmons of 98 Degrees. And we, you know, I was with an agency that hooked us up and we did about 11 episodes and we just could not, it was like the right premise, but there was something just off about it that we couldn't get it to work. And I don't know if you saw, but Lance Bass has a podcast now called like Frosted Tips. And I literally texted Jeff and I'm like, dude, this is what we were going for. We just couldn't execute it, you know? Cause this, this uh, genre is, is, sorry, go ahead. That's the perfect name for a podcast. Yes. Mm -hmm. And this genre is like so popular. So I feel like you are a true genius for coming up with, with this concept, because I mean, I don't see it going away anytime soon. And I'm very critical of new Broadway shows because, you know, if you break down the, the Broadway audience, a lot of it is people over 60 or, you know, it's people coming from Westchester. It's not all tourists, but you really just nailed this because this genre is not going away, you know? Oh, thank you. Yeah, it feels like uh, it is, you know, because Max's music from like Celine Dion to Bon Jovi to Backstreet Boys, it covers so many demographics. It feels Mm. like it's the best kind of musical where it brings people together. um, Yeah. People different, you know, who are fans of different types of music. Some people who don't even know a lot of the songs in the show, which blows my mind, can Mm -hmm. still come and experience it as a new musical. Yeah, totally. I'm looking on your website. I think you might win an award for like the most simplistic website I've literally ever seen in my life. Um, <laughs> like, what? I'm kind of dead in this. <laughs> I'll have to get on that. I mean, just for everybody, just so they can experience what I'm experiencing, it's like literally a bio and your picture. And it's, but I mean, honestly, it's kind of like big dick energy, you know? It's kind of like, this is, this is all I need, man. <laughs> you don't know me, move along. <laughs> 
but um <laughs> just writing work on the website no it's yeah. it's great um but for people that are not um super i guess well versed in show business can you just describe what a showrunner is and what they do because i do feel like a lot of people get confused about um the role of a showrunner yeah a, a showrunner um, it depends if, if there's a showrunner who's separate from a creator. In this case, I created the series and I'm showrunning, but mm -hmm. it basically means uh, that I oversee every part of the process, whether that's running the writer's room, uh, casting, mm -hmm. um, do, uh, being in the edits to deliver the final product, being on set every day to manage set, um, make changes, work with the directors uh, to figure out how we shoot the show. Right. Everything to picking the props, picking the color of the the walls, the curtains, uh, wow. you know, designing with our designers what the costume should look like, what the uh, what our set should look like, picking where we shoot the thing. So wow. the showrunner, uh, what's so wonderful about it is you really do get to um, to oversee the creation of an entire world for the show. Um, wow. and, uh, it's an amazing opportunity and, um, and I love, I love doing it. Wow. That's, I, you know, I felt like I, I, I thought I knew what a showrunner was. I actually didn't realize that, um, that type of responsibility is all on the showrunner's shoulders. Is there, um, this might sound dumb, but is there like an assistant showrunner or like anything like that? I mean, there's a million people who work with me. Yeah, I have an executive producer, writer named Sarah Walker, who's wonderful. And so when I can't be multiple places, she'll be where I can't be. And then, mm -hmm. you know, you have heads of every department. And uh, But it's, yeah, it, it all depends on the show. Um, right. But it really is a collaborative group effort. Yeah. And, and as a, a creative, I mean, I would say you're a creative, but also you have a really keen business sense of how this stuff works. Um, did you, would you say you, you learned this by doing and experiencing, or do you think, you know, your, your education, like your MFA at, at Tish, do you think that helped? I think, you know, you definitely don't need to go to school to be a writer, but mm -hmm. I studied at uh, Tish and Juilliard and, uh, it was just the best writers group to be a part of. Um, right. But I think in terms of producing, it's something you do learn on on the job uh, of how to translate what's on the page to the mm. screen in the in the most cost efficient, but also <laughs> in the best way possible. So that because you realize um, it is this balance between your creative vision and then what you can achieve, and making sure that you can translate that idea as well as possible. That's really what producing is all about. Yeah. And, and can I ask you just for people out there who might be interested in doing this one day, how did you get your foot in the door? Oh, I mean, it's so different for anyone. For me, mm -hmm. I started in theater and had uh, a script that I wrote as a student produced off Broadway and just oh. built it from there. Um, and, wow. But it is also about luck, you know. Uh, Schitt's Creek needed Canadian writers, and I happen to be Canadian, <laughs> and submitted my work for that. Wow. And, uh, and so luck and timing and readiness uh, are kind of some of the ingredients that go together to, to getting your foot in the door. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up Schitt's Creek because I, I didn't really touch upon that, but you were a writer and producer 
for Schitt's Creek. So you are literally the, the owner of, I'm guessing like a handful of Emmys and Golden Globes. <laughs> well, I think I only have one Emmy that, uh, that I know. Oh my God, of, just one. Even, <laughs> even that, even that is pretty great. Uh, but yeah. yeah, it was a great experience to be part of that, to learn from, uh, Dan and Eugene Levy on how they ran the show and mm-hmm. um, to make some amazing friends and uh, to have it become this massive uh, success, which we yeah. never expected. So I can't, yeah. That's so funny. So you really didn't expect Schitt's Creek to take off the way it did? Uh, I mean, it was such a small show to begin with shot in a very small town in Canada and it now is all over the world. So yes. I never, yes. never could have expected that. Yeah. Wow. You know what? You're really nice for a Canadian, by the way. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I'm glad you can take a joke. I'm glad you can take a joke, David. Well, I, my time is up, but you, for somebody that doesn't like, you know, or is not comfortable with, with interviews, you are fabulous, well-spoken and just a pleasure. So thank you so much. Uh, Thank you for having me. It's been great. Of course. Okay, that was David West Reed. You can watch the Big Door Prize on Apple TV. I'm going to start it. I'm very excited to to watch it just because I watched Schitt's Creek and I thought that was very funny. And I haven't seen Anne Juliet yet on Broadway, but I really, really want to see it. And now I know that I can bring my daughter, my seven-year-old or almost seven-year-old. So I'm very excited. Anyway, if you like this podcast, don't forget to rate and subscribe on Apple. Um, and yeah, thanks for listening. I'll be back with another episode next week. <laughs>